You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about game planning. More importantly, the ingredients into what goes into a game plan. So whether you're a youth coach or a college or pro level coach, we're hoping that today you can get some takeaways to be able to apply to your game planning so your team is better prepared for your next match. It's an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 89 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Another week of volleyball. I myself am, you know, well on in in the middle of my season. We're two and one. We got a we had a tough five set loss the other night uh, to a great team. But it was—it's a great learning experience for our guys. So we—we uh, we are two and one on the season, which is not bad. Uh, it would—it would have nice to been th- be three and one, but or three and zero oh rather. But you know, it is what it is. We got a young team, so losses are going to be part of this journey. But hope, hopefully, you guys are doing well out there. I know a lot of seasons are underway. Coaches have been reaching out, talking to me about their season. So I'm happy that we're back. We're coaching. It's great. And uh, if you didn't hear in the intro. Um, well, depending on when you're listening to this, if you're listening to this uh, the week of February 20th to 28th, um, you'll know that I have a volleyball workshop coming up on the 27th, 28th, and March 1st. So I'm actually doing something a bit different this time. I'm doing three different days because I know a lot of coaches are busy right now with tournaments um, coming up this weekend. So if you're a coach and you're interested in improving your uh, your offensive ability, you know, I think looking at offensive strategy, looking at offensive tactics, and uh, basically how to think about offense, we're going to be doing a workshop from the ground up. I'm going to walk you through offense from start to finish, so hopefully I can add a couple more tools to your toolbox and help your team improve their offense. So like I said, if you're listening to this, anytime between February 20th to 28th slash March 1st, um, it's completely free. Head on over to volleyballworkshop.com and get registered, and I can't wait to see you guys on that live training. It's going to be great. So three days. Yeah, I've never done three days before, but I want to make sure that I'm able to reach every coach that is interested in uh, you know joining the training. But today... Today, we're going to talk about game planning, the ingredients to developing a game plan. Now, I think what I want to preface this by saying is that game planning is really your own design. You know, and anytime I love, I love saying that, you know, the, the podcast, the name of the podcast is Volleyball by Design. Oh, by the way, new listeners, welcome to the podcast. My name is Coach Brian Singh, and I'm the host of the podcast. Completely forgot to introduce myself to our new listeners. You got about 88 episodes to get caught up on, so thank you for, for tuning in. And, and my regular listeners, I, I apologize, but I forgot to thank you again. I appreciate all of you who continue to tune in every week and listen to an episode. It really means a lot, and I'm hoping that I'm able to help you. You know, at the end of the day, the plan is to, if you can get one ideal, you can take one idea away from this, then we're on the right path. And I'm, I, I, I was able to help you just that much more in terms of your coaching, growth, as well as your team. So that's a plan, and, and I, like I said, today we're gonna talk about developing a game plan. But the interesting thing about the game planning 
is that my podcast is called Volleyball by Design because I wholeheartedly believe that this game is by your design. Yes, there are certain things that are going to be transparent and pretty much the same all across the board. You know, like, you know, passing. There's a lot of different ways of teaching passing, but relatively speaking, you know, there's only so much you your job is to create a platform and angle that platform to your target. And you want to do that to the best of your ability. You want to do that the most efficient and effective way, okay? But when it comes to game planning and when it comes to the game itself, you design the systems that you think will be better for your team. You design the systems that you believe in. You have the philosophy of our game that you believe in. And that's that's the great thing about coaching. We get a chance to bring our vision to life through our players and as well as teaching them the fundamentals and skills of the game so they can go on and do great things. So developing a game plan is relatively the same in the sense that you have to develop a game plan to your own design, to your, your own team's capabilities and skill set because the you know John Spra the men's national team head coach is going to have a completely different game plan than say even me at the college level or a club coach or a high school coach at that level or a 13U and 12U coach at that level we're all going to have different game plans uh, so what i want to share with you today are all the things that you could potentially put on a game plan so I'm going to share with you a lot of information, things that you were never going to have a game plan that includes all of these things unless maybe we're talking professional high-level coaching, like not college-level coaching, professional coaching where this is what they do for a living and they live and breathe this. With a, this is the only job of a player and coaching staff is to do this. Then, yes, you may be able to include everything that I'm going to mention on your game planning, but if you're a college, club, high school, you know, youth level type coach, then you're going to listen to my list of things that I'm going to give you and perhaps take one, maybe two, maybe maybe more than one, but some of you may be just taking one, but some of you may take three or four or even five. And whatever that is, is going to be entirely up to your team's ability to retain it, practice it, do it, as well as their skill set. Okay. So let's dive in. Let's talk about the ingredients to developing a game plan. Well, the, the the first thing that I want I'll mention is well, what's the purpose of your game plan? Really, wholeheartedly, what are you trying to accomplish? Well, you're trying to exploit the other team's tendencies, and you're trying to reduce the randomness in decision making. That's why we have game plans. So we have a plan in place so that we know what the other team is about. We know what they're going to do. We, well, what they're likely to do, and we can reduce any randomness. In our decision-making, because our decision-making is going to be based predominantly on, uh, yes, our ability to read in the game, but also our our preparation of what they're going to be doing as well. And that's how we're able to make decisions faster, okay? So let's talk about information that may help you. And by the way, listeners, this is a lot of information, so feel free to write this down if you're driving. Obviously, don't be writing anything down while you're driving or if you're going for a run or you're listening to me on your way to work in whatever capacity. But if you're sitting down somewhere and you're able to write this down, then yes, absolutely write it down. And if you're not, you're going to have to come back to this to, to make some notes. But let's talk about information that may help you. Um, so your opponent's behavior and their tendencies. Let's start with serving. Well, these are things that you could write down. What's the type of serve? What's the location of serve? What kind of power do they have? And what kind of variations are they bringing on? So 
Are they spinning? Are they floating? Are they jump spinning? Are they jump floating? That's the type of serve. What type of location do they like to go to? Do they like to go into the six zone, the one, the five? Do they like the six one seam, the five six seam? Do they like to go short? Do they like to go long? Let's talk about location. Next thing we talk about is power. Is it a fast, slow serve? medium style serve what kind of serve are we dealing with and then variations are they mixing it up do they change location does that change depending on um where like when the set where the set or the match is maybe they're they get fatigued in the end and they change their serve you know maybe they're if they get the first serve uh, as an ace the second serve is different you know what are kind of what are variations that are happening okay so a lot of information you can you can obtain from another team just by serving alone a ton of things there okay setting well, how accurate is the setter? Let's talk about that. Is the, does the setter set a, a consistent ball that goes to the pins or does that set fall short? Or maybe that's what the team is trying to do. They only want to set the ball inside the antenna, like quite a bit inside the antenna. So how accurate are they at delivering the ball? That also ties into location, right? How accurate are they in terms of location? Now, the biggest one is setter tendencies. When the setter is in position one, are they always setting the right side ball? I know that because that generally is what happens normally because it's always a left side that's passing when the setter is hiding out of one, and they generally always like to pop the ball back to right side. It's a very common setter tendency. So what are setter tendencies? Do they like to set to a certain location, to a certain player rather, when they're in a particular location? How is the delivery of the set? Fast, slow, you know? And it's kind of like in terms of accuracy inside, outside, you know, how, how, how does it come off their hands? Is it clean? Is it, does it take a long time? Is it a very fast, do they have very fast hands where it's, the release is extremely quick, you know? So a lot of information you can get from the setter as well. Let's talk about blockers. Okay. How big are the blockers? Are you going to have any mismatches on that? Are they small, medium, big blockers? Do they jump really high? How, how is their ability to read? You know, that's going to be a, a, if they don't have the ability to read that much, well, it's great. You can exploit that particular blocker. How well, do they favor one side? You know, do they like to go to the right side more than the left side? Are they faster going to the right side, going to the left side or vice versa? Okay. How is their footwork? Does their footwork allow them to be able to seal the net? Or are they, are they generally away from the net? Is their footwork slow to get across to the pins? How is their blocking technique? How's their hand positioning, their sealing, their penetration? Does that work? So a lot of information we can take from blockers as well, okay? Let's talk about attackers. The simplest one is tendencies. Do they have any tendencies? Do they like a certain shot versus another shot? How about the direction of their of their attack? Do they like to swing line, cross, certain location? Like that kind of ties in with tendencies. How about efficiency? Swinging in and out. Um, let's talk about, are they, is their efficiency better in system? Are they really efficient swinging out of system balls? You know, how does that work? Maybe if we can put a team out of system on a certain rotation, that front court attacker is going to be very weak. Uh, what about, uh, variations to their shot? Do they like to roll tip, super tip, uh, you know, different types of swipe, what do they, does that attacker like to do certain things? Or rather, do they have the ability to do certain things? Maybe you may notice on video that every tight ball that they get set, they can't do anything with it. Well, it's good information for us to know. So wholeheartedly, you know, team's ability to read, okay? What else can we notice? We talked about attackers, blockers, setting, serving. The team's ability to read. Do they have great, um, great instincts on the read? What about their behavior? 
Yeah, believe it or not, that's something that we look into when it comes to game planning. Their behavior, their attitude, how do they react to important moments in the game? How do they react to when we go on a run, when the other team went on a run? Did they, you know, did they crumble? Did they come out of that with calm and they were collective as a group? They were solid mentally? And also, various moments in the game, seeing how they react is a great sign of managing your timeouts and managing your flow of the game, okay? So a lot of things we talked about there, and that this is breaking it down based on opponent's behavior and tendency, from serving to setting to blocking to attacking to the team's ability to read as well as behavior and attitudes. All right, well, let's talk about systems. So hey, a lot of information there, okay, just right off the back in terms of information about opponent's behaviors now and tendencies, of course. Now, let's talk about your opponent's systems. Well, these are, these are some other things that we're going to pay attention to as well. What about their side-out offense? Do they have a specific type of system they run when they are siding out in system? And that could be that could even be based on rotation. You know, yes, setter tendency is definitely something, but what are they running? Are they running all four hitters? Do, does one hitter like to run on a different route? Like, how does their, their side-out offense look? What about distribution? Now, we did talk a little bit earlier about setter tendencies, you know, understanding different setter tendencies based on rotation, but what about setter tendencies or rather the set distribution in big moments after 20 points? At the end, at, at, in the fifth set, you know, it's interesting. Setter tendencies can be valid, but sometimes they change. Like the, the offensive distribution changes in different moments of the match. Case in point, when it gets to that 20 point mark, well, the game's almost over. Do they have certain tendencies in those after that 20 point? Do they have different tendencies when it comes to game point in big, and we say in big moments? And really important to notice because that. That right, that right there is an advantage. Is is, oh, wow, is an advantage in itself. If you find yourself in a match with the, with that same team and it's a close game, twenty twenty two or twenty one twenty three or twenty two, whatever that case is, again, all of a sudden your setting tendency may go out the window a little bit, and it, it may ch- change to distribution tendency based on big moments, based on after twenty, and that might be a little different there. So understanding that can also play a factor in your game planning. What about block defense? How is their block defense? What type of block defense do they use? Are they spread blocking? Are they bunch blocking? Do they have a custom blocking defense block system? How is their backcourt defense looking? Are they in sync when they're blocking? Okay. Now we talked earlier about blockers individually, like in terms of their size, their footwork, their technique, their technique. But what about them as a team? Are there weaknesses in their blocking scheme? Like, you know, gaps in the block. Okay. How does that look? And how can we exploit that? Let's talk about their transition offense. So not siding out now, but in the middle of a rally. Or when the, if they get a free ball, if they're um, digging the ball off a block or just a regular dig, how is their transition offense? Do they have certain tendencies there? Maybe they go to a specific player every time on a transition play. Maybe they, they like to run their middle on a free ball. Always every free ball in system, they run a middle. Well, like, do they have any tendencies there? Okay. Uh, other other information that may help uh, again, but this is a big asterisk and this is a big may. You know things like environmental factors. You know things that may have played a role into decision making or the tendencies, such as uh, the gym size, uh, maybe lighting, maybe spectators, uh, colors. You know, there's so many other environmental factors that could contribute. You know, a team might play a, a little bit different if there's a really really loud crowd versus a more quiet arena that was less. Uh, 
harsh to play under or, or, or less, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not emotional, but you know, when, when there's a big crowd, your nerves, maybe, maybe a less nervous environment. There you go. That might be a better way of putting it. So these are, there's a lot of things here. Okay. You do not need to do all of this. I just want to provide you with as much information so you can handpick, handpick what you want to focus on. So I just, I'm going to quickly recap what I talked about because I know it's a lot of information, okay? So individually, you can look at opponent's behavior and tendencies, and we talked about serving, you know, type of serve, location, power variations. We talked about setting, you know, the accuracy, the tendencies, delivery of the set. Blockers, we talked about their size, their read, their footwork, their technique. Do they favor one side? Attackers, we talked about their tendencies, their direction, um, efficiency when it comes to in and out, different types of shots, roll, swipe, tip, all that stuff. We talked about the team's ability to read and their attitudes and behaviors when it comes to important moments. And then we talked about systems. The other team's side-out offense, the other team's distribution, not only based on rotation, but in big moments after 20 points. Uh, block defense. Are they in sync? Are they? Is there weaknesses? You know, gaps, and then env- environmental factors as well. So that's you know a lot of a lot of things there to to take in. And uh, before I continue, I want to mention if you're coaching a 12U team, okay, you're not gonna worry about certain things that I talked about. Like if you're if you're coaching a 12U team, you should be working on serving and passing. In fact, the only thing you may want to chart is the team's ability to serve. That's it. Where are they serving to? But at 12U, 13U, we're not talking about block defense systems. We're not talking about side-out offense. All right? We're not talking about distribution per rotation and big moments after 20. I mean, you might be able to talk about that, but you know, we're talking about serving and passing. Okay. Now, high-level 17, 18U, sure, we can add in some of these things because absolutely, this can give you a certain advantage. And I want to also mention that, you know, if you, if you can take any one of these things that I listed here today and it can give you a one-point advantage, then I think you should, you should write it down wholeheartedly because one point is 4% of a total score. 25 points is not a lot of points. So any advantage you can get for one point is something that needs to be made aware of to your team and needs to be taken to, into consideration. Now, that doesn't mean you load them with 12, 20 to 12 or you know, 24 different points because that's too much. So you got to pick the most important ones, but I still want you to include it on a list for yourself to be aware of if it can get you one point. And but what I mentioned with the twelve U and thirteen U stuff is that some of these won't get you one point because the ability of the level won't like there's no there's no tendencies for certain things in terms of certain levels. All right, so let's talk about how do we draft a game plan. And again, offense your it's your design volleyball by design. This is your design. So I want to start off by saying, keep it simple. And it depends on your level of your team of what you're going to include. Maybe just serve patterns and that's it. And I'll tell you, even at high level club or sorry, a high school, like, you know, I went, I, I, we, we won our my last team with, with these high school girls, we won our championship in our, in our region. And all we did was serve and serve and pass. And I lied. No, we, we did do a little bit of hitting because one player we had to do a key on. But we went all the way to the finals without doing any hitting tendencies, just straight up serving and passing. Serving tendencies, that's all we did. And that, that's going to do wonders, all right? When you get to more advanced, 
Then we can have fun with serve block defense strategy, you know, distribution per rotation and big moments after 20 or uh, all that stuff. We can really transition offense, side out defense, all that or side out offense, all that stuff we can work on. Okay. Um, you know, I do say like, you know, d- design an offensive strategy, you know, when it comes to the team's block defense, one thing that you can do when it comes to drafting a game plan is practice that game plan in practice before you play that team. So if you have the ability to, you know, have we, we have your, your starters on one side and then you have your second best team on the other side and you have specific instructions for your second best team by saying, okay, you know, in this rotation, I want you to set this just like the setter would that you're going to be playing against and making sure your team, your starters have the ability to, you know, make those reads and use the game plan accordingly. Okay. So on our game plan, it's really simple. On our game plan, we have setting tendencies, we have serving tendencies, and we have hitting tendencies. And then we have a team district, a team tendency uh, like chart at the bottom where we list all their team tendencies and things we need to be aware of. And that accompanies our film session, and we're good to go from there. Okay, we don't we don't overcomplicate it. We keep it very simple. And in our in our uh, film session, we'll make sure that we address all the team tendencies and big big keys of the game that we need to be made made aware of. And that's where it comes into like, you know, the setter always the setter always goes here for this rotation or, you know, when they hit 20 points, they tend to transition to do this more and, you know, little things like that. And their, and whoever their key player is, uh, you know, they're their go-to player. So we got to make sure we shut them down early or we put up this type of defense against them, you know, things like that. Okay. Uh, so understanding another thing, understanding your, your team's ability to execute a strategy is important. If they don't have the mental capacity or the volleyball, you know, the volleyball IQ at a certain level to execute a game plan, then there's no point in creating a, a, a really in-depth game plan. Create a game plan for what they can execute. Simple serving and passing, or rather simple serving. Uh, so whatever your game plan is, it ha- your group has to have the ability to retain it and execute it. And that's going to be up to you to decide what that looks like, Okay. And then uh, matchups. Matchups are also important to make sure that you match your rotation up with however you're going to be playing against. So if you know that their big their big guns are coming up, you know their very first couple rotations, you're going you're going to want to make sure you match that up accordingly. All right. So the last thing I do when it comes to game planning is we all, I like to have an assistant coach game plan against us. So how do you beat us? So the the, the assistant coach will look at our game tape now, stat us. Look at our serving tendencies and look at our setter tendencies and our all the stuff, all the, the whole entire list that I just gave you. We'll have an assistant coach that does that for us, so we can find out what we, what tendencies we have, and we can hopefully, if, if it's something we can change and we can alternate, we will do that. Um, but sometimes it's okay. Sometimes you know we might have tendencies, but guess what? If those tendencies are working for us and it's scoring, no, regardless of you know whether the team knows it or not, then we're going to continue doing it. Like let's say for example that I have a fantastic server who loves to serve the six-one seam, and the other team is going to know that he loves to serve the six-one seam. But whether just because they know it doesn't mean they can stop it. So they can adjust their serving pattern to, or sorry, their their serve receive pattern to be in the best position to pass. But if my best server is still serving the ball at a high clip, high speed, and they don't have the ability to pass, then their serve-receive pattern is not going to matter because we're still going to score. So you know you have to understand that even though they may know what you're going to do, if they can't stop it, you continue doing it. It's only when they can stop it that you may have to adjust accordingly. All right? So things like that. 
Another thing that we do too is we have individual film sessions with players. You know, I'll, I'll, depending on when it, I haven't done it yet early in the season, but we will start doing it later in the season where we'll have certain coaches sit down with certain players and go over, just like football. You know, in football, how they have, they'll have all the different lines, you have different film sessions together, depending on, you know, your defensive line, your offensive line, and so forth. And I think they even break it down further than that. They'll have different film sessions for different groups of athletes so that they can be more efficient in their film session. Sometimes you don't need to watch film as an entire team. You just need to go by position by position because certain things may be different. But obviously, if you're talking about systems in terms of your defensive systems, your offensive systems as a team, then it has to be uh, together. But, you know, like if I have a film session just with my setter, that's enough to understand how his set distribution was and his decision making and things like that. The whole team doesn't necessarily need to be there for that. Okay, so that's one. Um, and then the other, the other thing, the last, I'll say the one more thing actually. The last thing I'll add about game planning and things like that is, and I've mentioned it on the pod before, is you know software that breaks down video. It, it's so it's so helpful, but again, it's costly. This is why I, I, there's a big caveat here. If you can afford it. If your club, yourself, your team, your budget, whatever it is, if you can afford to have software that helps break down film, that that's a game changer. Because what you can do is you can send, you can upload the film on another team that you're going to play against, send it to the, the whatever software company you're using. They're going to break down that film into different clips where then you can filter certain things out. So let me give you an example. So if I'm playing against a team, I'm going to send. I'm going to send the film on them, the, their latest game. Uh, I use Huddle. Huddle is the um, software, the software, the video breakdown software that we use in, in, in our league. And they're going to break down that film and tag all the important uh, moments in the clips. So I can go back in now and I can isolate the clips based on skills, based on the player. So let's say, for example, that I know the other team has a really good server. And I, I just want to see him serve. Well, if I go to the film now, after it's been broken down, I can go to you know this particular player, I can click on his name, and then I can click on just serves. And it will only show me the clips where he's serving. So you see how much more efficient it is to game plan when I'm just, I don't have to fast forward and sift through all that film. I just click on what I want to see. If I want to see the team's all they're serving together. I can see that. If I want to see the teams, all they're attacking, only the attacks, I can filter the clips out so I can see all their attacks. So it makes game planning a lot more easier when you have the film that can do that. So if you don't have a budget, don't worry about it. But if you do have a little bit of a budget, maybe pick the important games to do film on like that and then break it down. And then also, if you have you know moments in the season, break down your team so that they they the players can go back and find their um, you know their stats and their clips a lot easier than just fast forwarding through and stuff like that. Okay, so a lot of information. I I, I want to recap it one more time just to make sure we all you know took it and understood it. Uh, because it's it's there's a lot of information and, and if you can just take a handful of these things you can prepare your team so much better for your next game I, I promise you so let's go over really quickly what is the purpose of your game planning one to exploit the team's tendencies and two to reduce randomness in decision making anytime you can reduce randomness that's amazing because it makes you more efficient and we talked about 
opponent's behavior and tendencies. So this is more individual player behavior and tendencies. What kind of serving does each individual player have? The type of serve, is it a float? Is it a spin? Is it a jump float? Is it a jump spin? The location, do they like to serve the 6-1 seam? Do they like to serve just a certain zone? Short balls, you know, deep balls, you know, what kind of location are we talking about? Do they have a lot of power? Is it, a, is it an easy serve? Is it a, a powerful serve? Variations in the serve? Are they doing any kind of hybrid? Do they do their, maybe their first serve is long and their second serve is short if they, if they get it back? You know, what does that look like? So a lot of information on the serving. Setting. We talked about accuracy of the setter. What, what's about, what about location? Are they hitting the same spot every time? You know, do they, is the ball falling short? Is it falling long? Do they have the ability to push a ball? What are their tendencies? Do they run a pipe offense, a sea ball offense? Do they have certain tendencies out of certain rotations? Do they like, for example, when the setter is out of position uh, one, does that setter like to go right side on that rotation? You know, is that a tendency? The delivery of the set, kind of mentioning earlier, do they like to set the ball inside? How, how fast does the ball come out of their hands? Will help you be able to understand how much time you have to read, you know, things like that. Blockers. You got some big blockers, small blockers, you know, uh, that will help with matchups. How is the blocker's ability to read? Do they favor one side? How is their footwork? If their footwork is poor, then they're probably not going to be able to seal, which then ties into the technique of the blocker. Do they have the ability to seal, to penetrate, you know, uh, is their hand positioning okay? Can you abuse the hands? You know, certain things like that. Let's talk about attackers. Do the attackers have tendency? Do they like to go line? Do they like to go cross? Are they going to choose the shot depending on what the block gives them? Or do they favor one shot regardless of what block you have up there? You know, what kind of efficiency is the hitter? Is the hitter going to be, uh, has their out of system hitting? Do they have the ability to hit out of system or not? Or do they always free ball it over? How is their in system hitting? What about variations? Are they, do they swipe? Do they tip? Do they roll? Um, you know, what kind of shots do they have the ability to do that will help your defense be able to read better? And then we talked about attitude and behavior. What are their reactions to big moments? Do they crumble under pressure if they're down a couple points in a row? How do they, or when they're against a run, how does that work? That will help you really put it on them and, and, and get it and get that advantage when, when the time presents itself. Then we talked about systems. Talk about, we talked about your opponent's systems. How does your side out offense look? Um, how does their distribution look per rotation in big moments after 20 points, etc.? So does the, the distribution of sets look different when it's a close game versus in the beginning of a match? That's a really important cru- uh, piece of information that could help you when it comes to late game situation where you're like, wait a minute, I know their tendency when they hit 20 points or I know their tendency when it's a win by two situation. Boom, we have an advantage there. What's their block defense look like? Are they in sync? Do they have weaknesses in their block defense? Are there any gaps? You know, things like that. Transition offense. Do they like to go middle every time they're in system? Do they like to hit a certain player? You know, what does that look like? Uh, and then the last thing for that one was environmental factors. You know, maybe their their strategy or their um, their style of play changed because of lighting, because of spectators in the gym, um, gym size, colors, you know. And it's true. Sometimes teams will play differently when there's a huge crowd. Huge crowd, they're a little bit more nervous. They may make a little more errors. They may be. They may do uncharacteristic things versus a more quieter crowd, or they'll be more in their element, or vice versa. Maybe they step up their game in big moments with big, big crowds. You know, things like that. And then we talked about how we, how do we draft a game plan? And we remember, make it simple. Decide how much information your team can retain and can execute. Okay, it, there's nothing wrong with just having a game plan based on serves, charting that a team serves, and going from there. 
And then as you get more advanced, we can talk about serve block defense strategy, designing an offensive strategy, you know, around their defense, um, matchups. You know, we talk about how do we manipulate matchups. And then uh, the last thing I mentioned in terms of looking at game planning is game planning against us. How how do you beat us? So look at your own film, game plan against your own team, and figure out how do you, how can an opponent beat you. And look at it from an opponent standpoint, and imagine that you're playing yourselves, and and do it, do a game plan yourselves. You'd be surprised how much that can help. Um, and then have individual players with, um, sorry, have individual film session with players, because that is also more strategic and efficient. And then last but not least. Film breakdown, a video software. Huddle is a, is a very common one. Uh, VidSwap is another good one for volleyball coaches. VidSwap is really good. Uh, so Huddle and VidSwap would be my top two, just because I we use Huddle, but I know Huddle can be expensive. I think VidSwap is a bit cheaper. Um, and they originally were a volleyball breakdown system, I believe. So that's another great option. Okay, so I hope you got some value out of today's episode. And ladies and gentlemen, also don't forget about the workshop that I'm hosting. If you're listening to this, the week of February 20th, 2022, um, February 27th, 28th, and March 1st, I have three, three free workshops. They're all the same. So pick a day that works for you. And I can't wait to see you guys on. That's gonna be a great, great workshop. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And I look forward to seeing you guys on there. And uh, members of DVA, if you're a member of DVA, you already have this workshop inside DVA. So don't think you're missing out on anything. It's the it's my offensive by design workshop. And if you are not a member of DVA, head on over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com. Get 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 in there so you can get access to way more live trainings than just my uh, one, you know, a few times a year trainings and a lot more than that. All right. That's it. I'm done, guys. I had a great episode with you guys. Uh, We'll see you guys next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.